What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Smoking Section. I'm your host, KJ, and on today's episode, I've got Master Yoda 207 back in the studio for an update episode. And he's here to tell us more about his last few grows, share a little bit of info, some really cool info, I might add, on uh, some of the equipment he uses to produce that top quality medicine. So here he is uh, back with us. What's up, Master Yoda? How's it going, dude? It's going well, man. How are you doing, KJ? Thanks for having me tonight. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us here to smoke one with me again. Uh, did, you, did you bring the, the volcano again or you have a, <laughs> what you got? So, so today I'm using the Icefire Dab, which is a induct induction heating uh, dab rig. So it's it's kind of cool. So it's induction. So it's, uh, uh, I guess, uh, it heats it up that way, which is kind of like a, almost like a magnetic thing or something. I'm not exactly sure about the science. But the nice thing about it is, um, unlike some other uh, e-rigs out there, you don't have to replace the coil. So uh, it, the, 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 the uh, little pot that you put your uh, dab in, is uh, it's made out of glass and it's got a uh, metal ring that's embedded in the glass. And that's how, the, uh, that's how it heats up the material. And uh, you, know, you just kind of use it and then when it's spent you wipe it out with a q-tip and you just reuse but unless you drop the uh unless you drop the little cubicle it'll last forever so it's pretty really cool. cool yeah i think that's the about the worst part of that little uh the dab rig that i have the little portable one is placing the coils that's that's pain in the butt there right right and and they're not terribly expensive i think they're like 140 bucks um so i mean yeah yeah not bad at all and then you know way cheaper than like a uh like a puffco or uh or what's the um uh, i think the, the, the one the, i have the, is a, a high five i think it was about 150 bucks yeah i think that's a nice price point i mean i i certainly don't want to put any shade on like a puffco peak i've never tried one so i i, I don't have anything in experience with it but uh but uh you know, and I'm sure that they're absolutely amazing, but, you know, I haven't tried it. I don't know any different. So for right now, what I have seems to be working well for me. So. Right on. Yeah. I've, I've tried a buff go peak before. Um, don't own one cause I, I've got my high five, but to be totally honest, man, and I've, I've told other people this, I actually prefer the one that plugs directly into the wall. That's for some reason, it's just always worked better. It's never let me down. Uh, it heats up faster. It seems to hold the temperature better. Yeah. right right it's not it's not more, portable that's the downside but but it's more consistent and i mean i don't know i i don't know if i i don't know if i want to be dabbing on the road you know i mean yeah. uh, that, that that might be too much for me um but i just started kind of playing around with concentrates so so i'm still new to the whole game so right on well no dab for me today i'm smoking on an analog and uh old old school joint here i've got some uh, field melons from i think this was bred by crockett farms crockett family farms out of uh, california and nice. i grew this out on one of my last uh, review plants i actually got really yeah. big it's super sticky stuff um, and i think i might actually um at first i thought i was kind of screwed up on the cure a little bit but i actually just went went into burping it a whole bunch and i got it at 60 and 60 in that tent, burping the tent. Perfect. And, uh, didn't get any kind of hay smell out of it. So, 
and it smokes really good. I haven't pressed any yet. I got to do that, but it smokes okay. really, really, really well. Well, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I think, uh, you know, and I, I definitely think, you know, if you're, if you're burping bags or burp, uh, burping your containers, you know, I think that uh, probably something you really want to think about is uh, the environment that you're burping your containers in. So, because when you're burping, you're trying to get all that humidity out and you want it to kind of be in that 60, 62%, you know, range. And if you are, you know, right now I, where I am, you know, it's the humidity outside is like 80%, 90%. So if I'm burping my bottles and it's 90% humidity, I'm, I'm, I'm closing that container with it having 90% humidity air in there. So you're not really helping yourself at that point. So if you have an air-conditioned room or someplace that's a little bit more climate-controlled and lower humidity, you're, you're always better off to burp your containers in, in, in that type of environment. So just something to think about. Yeah, that definitely makes For sense. anyone that doesn't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, because, I mean, generally people try to keep the humidity at, at what, what's the order those Bovita packs at? Most people use like the 62% or so. Yeah, generally like anywhere between like 58 to 60 to 62 is I think where people like to kind of fall depending on, you know, how they like to consume their product. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've found that most of the stuff that what I consider to be in a good cure, my hygrometer usually reads somewhere between like 55 and 62 by the time the cure's done with them. So. Right. Right. And I think that, that actually becomes to be a misconception about like uh, things like the Bovita packs, because they're two-way humidity packs. Some people uh, actually tend to believe that they can just put their wet uh, flour into a jar with one of these and that, that pack is going to do all the work. Same thing with Grove bags, and that's not the case. Right. Uh, no. These, you know, those packs and, and the Grove bags, those things keep it at a humidity so if you put it in there at a certain wetness they're designed to keep it at the wetness that you put it in there at not fix, yeah not fix the problem they'll they'll help a little bit but i mean you got to be in the same ballpark you can't be like yeah. you know if you're at like 70 percent and and you're putting a 62 percent bovita pack in there you you're fooling yourself if you think you know by tomorrow it's going to be 62 because you know Probably by tomorrow or the next day, you're going to have a bunch of butt rot, bud rot or something. Yeah. Um, so. Well, you know, and burping is really, it's an important process. Uh, it is. Because, I mean, in my, my experience, it's not just removing uh, humidity. What you're ultimately doing is you're getting rid of the off gases that the flower is, is generating from degradation of its chlorophyll in the actual plant matter. So you're right. trying to get that chlorophyll to literally evaporate out of your flower so that you don't get that harshness. You don't get that coughing. You get that good white ash if you've grown it correctly All in all other aspects of it. So, Right, right, right. But, For sure. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a community member in our Discord. Um, I think it was, it was last night or this morning. I'm not sure. He's in the UK, so um, probably both. <laughs> so uh anyway he he said he was having an issue um with his some of his flour was starting to smell like hay so he was actually wondering if if there was a fix if there was something he could do if there's uh you know grove bags would help with this or whatever but uh he was hoping that if it, it was reversible 
And I, I pretty much told him, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but once it gets to that hay smell, that's that's kind of the end of the line. That means that you've lost all your terpenes and all you're smelling now is that off-gassing of that chlorophyll. That's that's where that hay smell comes from. That's why it smells like grass after, you know, you cut your grass and it's sat there for a few right. days. Same right, right. Smell. This is Liam with Atlas Seed, proud sponsor of the Autoflower Review. For direct access to the best of the best of our genetic library, check out our breeder selection marketplace at www.atlasseed.com. Now to the review. So I told him really it's, it, it's an issue that all growers really seem to battle. That's just, just part of growing. It's probably one of the hardest parts of the whole process. And it really comes down to trying to nail down and dial in that the room that you're using to to dry and and to cure in and like you said where you're burping at even makes a difference so yeah it's it's a challenge i um you know i, I battled with it for a while and and in, in, in my part of the country that i'm in uh you know certain times a year are super duper humid and other times of the year are super duper dry you know so so your environment always comes into play and it was just such a battle um so i mean it's it's i mean there are certain tools that you can get to, that can speed up the process and make the process easier for you um but you know otherwise you know you're, you're kind of really battling like you know, for a while when i was newer to growing you know i was i was trying to really like stick to like a vpd chart and you know it was so stressful just trying to battle you know and trying to keep myself in like a good vpd range um, so, I mean, there are certain things that, that we can do, but, but sometimes you just got to know, you know, just throw in the towel and, and, and find another way. Um, that's so, um, VPD is, I, it's very important. That is, that's something that I urge everyone to at least learn a little bit about, uh, you know, so some of the, the controllers and equipment to really control your VPD can get pricey, but at very least, right. um, I know that company that makes the little, um, they make the little, uh, devices that uh check par and humidity and such uh pulse i oh, think uh, pulse, pulse. yeah the pulse pro yeah so yeah. they actually have a poster you can buy from them i think it's like 10 bucks and they'll mail it to you and it is a full vpd chart you could hang up to kind of help you uh, right figure out your you can also in your grow room. you can also go on on their web page too and you can download one um and uh you can download it for the the specific yeah. stages so, yeah. you know, are you veg or flower or whatnot? And, um, but, you know, when you're trying to, to, to follow that kind of VPD, you need to have a space in your, you know, or lung room that that's environmentally controlled, because if it's just a room, um, then that gets hard because you, you've got your grow tent in there, um, and that's creating a little heat. And even if you're venting it out a window, you know, there's still some heat that's going to radiate into that room. And, you know, even if you have like a central air system, you know, that grow room is probably always going to be a little bit warmer than the rest of your house and stuff. So, I mean, there are elements that can uh, always make that a challenge. Um, but what really helped me with my environment was, you know, I just finally broke down and I had a mini split installed in my, uh, in my, in my lung room. And that's, that's made a huge difference. So now I just keep that room at uh, a consistent temperature all year round. And, you know, when it gets hot, you know, the air conditioner cranks up and when it gets cold, the heat cranks and, um, and it just kind of keeps that lung room consistent. 
Um, and then I also have a uh, dehumidifier, um, which I run in the summer months. And, uh, and then in the wintertime, I run a humidifier in there. Wow. Uh, that seems to have solved most of my problems. That's really cool. I've I've got a uh, just a little portable air conditioner. I don't seem to have to really use it too much. Um, my the area I'm at seems to actually keep pretty moderate, uh, especially being a coastal area with the marine the marine air blowing in. It keeps it fairly moderate for us. Even in the winter right. time, uh, it'll be definitely cold, but we seem to forego the freezing temperatures for the most part. Right, right, and 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 here's a pro tip. Uh, you can get the um so if you're venting out a window and you don't want to draw a lot of attention to yourself uh you can go on amazon and you can buy the window adapter for a uh for a a mini uh portable air conditioner and then you can just vent out there and anyone walking by your house you know if they see it they're gonna be like oh they've just got an air conditioner blowing out their their window um so uh, if you're looking for a way to just try to be a little more stealthy, that, that's a great tool to kind of vent your air out of your out of your space. Sure, sure. I've actually um, a couple of years ago, I used to actually have a, a Y piece, and we would we would vent them out basically the same same duct. So okay, yeah. Along with my tent uh, exhaust fan, they would both just vent out that same little uh, little duct situation. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But especially with the heat and stuff happening right now across the country, you know, I'm sure that's something that people are battling with. And, you know, the the guy there even said that in the UK they're they're battling with these high temperatures. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's I think really interesting. I, I think in the UK, like a lot of people don't have air conditioning either. So because uh, it just doesn't get hot enough to warrant that. So, I mean, for them, like, you know, that's 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 an even bigger problem, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing here, man. You know, uh, once you get so far north, you really don't need air conditioning. Um, Yeah, yeah. We all have heaters, but for the most part, most houses here don't have air conditioning. Right, right. Yeah, that that, that, that can certainly be an issue in the the groom. I don't mind being a little uncomfortable in my house, but I don't want my plants to be uncomfortable. Sounds wild, but uh, I actually don't remember the last time I turned on the air conditioning in my car, so... Wow. Wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Once you get, like I said, once you get so far north, it seems like it uh, just gets to the point where summers are moderate, uh, some moderate heat at best for the most part. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now, yeah, two I years ago, to... Seattle got some kind of record heat that was uh, killing people, so... There's always those wild, wild uh, things that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I, I was very fortunate. I, I spent a lot of summers growing up in uh, in Maine, so you know, I certainly am kind of kind of remember those days of being in you know nice, cool, relatively mild summers. I mean, it would be warm, but you know, warm enough to swim in the lakes and stuff like that. But it wouldn't be like a, you know oppressively hot, which was always nice. So. Yeah. So yeah. Well, um. So tell me about this Canatrol, man. Um, that was something else uh, we kind of talked about a little bit there in Discord. Is uh, it's the Canatrol? Tell him that was that was maybe an option if that was in his budget. Um, but I know you have one. So how does that? Yeah, thing, actually, how's that work? So it's so first off, it's amazing, and 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 it, the only problem with getting one is you're going to want to get a second one. Um, so <laughs> I now have two, and uh, 
you know, it's it's uh, it, it's just so easy to use because literally you load it up and you press a button and you're and you're done. So um, uh, and and it's 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 a pretty quick dry time. So it'll it has two stages. So when you put your material in, uh, the first half is is your dry stage, and that takes about four days. Um, Sometimes I'll play around with that. Sometimes I'll extend the dry to, to five days. Um, so I generally either dry for four or five days. And then the after that, it goes into cure. And then when it, when it dries, it kind of brings the humidity down, um, almost down to maybe about 56% RH. And the thing with the Canatrol is it uses uh, dew point, uh, which is a constant number and it's always the same. Uh, so dew point at, at any temperature is, is always the same. Uh, whereas relative humidity is relative and that changes. Um, so if, if your temperature spikes, your humidity is gonna change because of that. If it drops, your humidity is gonna uh, change because of that. Because hot air is more able to hold moisture and cold air is less capable of holding moisture. So when you're using dew point, it really controls the whole experience. So that's how it's able to dry your material in, in four days. Um, and then from there, it brings your material back from that lower dew point or from about 56%. And it kind of slowly increases it to generally about, it kind of tops off at 61%. It's kind of where it likes to sit at. So, uh, and, it, and it does that automatically. So after, uh, so you can change your settings and change the amount of days. But once it says, okay, we've dried for four days, uh, it's going to say, okay, well, now we're going into cure, and it's going to cure for the next four days. And then after that, it goes into hold mode, which is basically the same the same range that your, your cure ends at. So you don't have to do anything, and you can leave your material in there for as long as you want, and it's always going to kind of stay uh, supple. So when you hang dry, um, at the end, you know, they'll say, okay, well, you know, break a branch, and you should hear a little snap. Um, in a in a canatrol, you're never going to hear that snap. It, it doesn't happen. Um, and and when you're drying, it's when you're hearing that snap, you've you're almost you're almost kind of over dried at that point. Um, and and that's why you're hearing that snap because there's no more uh, there's no more water in there uh, in that branch, and that's why it's snapping. Um, the canatrol keeps and this is this is the really really probably the most important part uh and best reason to use a canatrol is uh what it does is it, it reduces the active water which is the uh amount of water that's in the plant so if you have if the active water is less than uh, 0.65 percent you then have a shelf stable product which means you're not going to run into mold or bud rot or you know any issues like that um, because there's not enough water to support the, the the growth of any mold or any of that stuff that you don't want. Um, when you uh, when you hang dry, you know you do want to hear. You, you de definitely kind of want to dry it to the point where you can hear that crack, because you want to make sure that your your active water, which most people like, I never really even knew what active water was until I got a canatrol and uh, started to do a little research on it. But if you have a higher active water con content uh, above uh, 0.65, then you have enough water to support mold growth. 
So you can end up with, you know, things in your product that you don't want, and certainly things in your product that you don't want to be smoking. So, um, so that's one of the great benefits about it. And it's always going to stay a little bit more supple, um, which is probably going to increase the weight of your product a little bit because there's going to be, uh, because, because you're not taking like every drop of, of water that's unnecessarily uh, needs to be removed. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's just a, it's, it's kind of a better way, but the downside is because your plant material always is a little bit more supple, um, when it comes to trimming, you know, that, that's definitely changed how I trim my materials. So I used to, uh, do a lot of, I used to hang dry and then I would, um, do a, a dry trim at the end. And with the canatrol that it's 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 not great to dry trim because when you put everything there in there it, it all starts to kind of stick together and it makes it really hard to really get a nice uh a nice dry trim so for the canatrol i think you get better results if you wet trim hey guys it's net with beanstalk agriculture to tell you about our brand new grain style fertilizer formulated specifically for cannabis and features a 90-day release rate so that you can apply once and just add water. It really is that simple. We're running a promo right now for the listeners of this podcast. So you're going to type in TFAR420 for 30% off at checkout. I'm recommending the 311 Beanstalk AF bundle to you guys. It's originally $99. It's going to be $70 to you guys, and it's going to let you get up to 33-gallon pots and 18 5-gallon pots. So if you want to simplify your grow and stop mixing nutrients daily, switch to Beanstalk and start using water. So I've kind of changed the way I trim now, and now I do some wet trimming. Uh, I have some tools for that as well, uh, which have really been a game changer. But uh, uh, we can talk about that in a second. But the uh, but the Kenetrol, it's it's amazing. So I have one, and I use that really just for doing my drying and curing. And then I'll leave my product in there until I'm ready to bag it up and weigh it up. And then I'll put it into my other Kenetrol, and that's my storage container. Uh, so it's kind of just like having a humidor. And that keeps everything, you know, at the perfect condition. And it, they claim, you know, they've had samples that are been in a Kenetrol for two years, and they're, you know, you almost can't even tell the difference. Um, wow. So it, it really keeps that it really keeps that quality pretty pretty indefinitely. Uh, because you're keeping it in a perfect condition. Um, so it's, it's a great way to extend your product, uh, especially if you, don't, if you don't consume it as quickly as you grow it. So uh, if, if you're consuming it as quickly as you grow it or faster, then, then that's never gonna be a problem. But uh, I'm not able to consume as quickly as, I, uh, as, I, as I'm able to grow. So I always have extra, uh, extra stuff. So I, I kind of need to have a place to store it. Yeah. So, yeah. so well, that's um, really cool, man. It, and and the active water thing—that's really neat. I didn't realize that was a, a thing, even with Canadrol. That that's really cool. That's actually something that is um, prevalent across many industries. I mean, even the yeah. commercial and and recreational uh, cannabis industry here. Uh, whenever you go to get your your flower or whatever, what have you tested, uh, so that you can sell it to a dispensary. Uh, that's actually one of the the things. There, there's actually a threshold that the state has for uh, active water uh, inside the test sample, 
Um, it has to be below a certain threshold before you, you're allowed to sell it to the dispo. So that's really neat. And there's also, uh, you know, I've done work also with uh, like a cannery and a smokehouse. And uh, that was the thing with a lot of the canned goods is uh, there's thresholds for things such as water activity, obviously, um, for things like prepackaged uh, cooked foods, which technically a smoked right. food is cooked. Uh, you got to have a, a certain threshold of water activity, also a certain threshold of salinity. Um, and those are things that are set forth by the federal government, actually, to protect the population against botulism. So, Right, right. You know, and and, yeah. and the nice thing is, is that you, you know that you're going to get that with a Kenetrol. And there are things you can get that you can test for water activity, but they're wicked expensive. So. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend the money for that, you might as well just buy a can of troll because True. you're you're well. Also, out. also if you're in, uh, you know, if you're a medical patient and your condition uh, has something to do with an autoimmune situation, and uh, it'd also be very beneficial to go with something like that to take any kind of uh, guesswork or anything like that. Any kind of worries would you know take it from you? Because I mean, I've I've seen before it, it happens to several different people but um i've seen some growers pull their butt down and quote unquote dry it and cure it and they pull the bag out a couple weeks later and it has mold growing on it because they didn't get the water activity down just like you were talking about yeah so yeah and and you know so the ketatrols i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know lie it's it's not a cheap device you know it's 1600 bucks uh but you know, at the end of the day, we put so much money into other products in our grow. You know, we'll spend a ton of money on a sexy light. We'll spend a ton of, a ton of money on, you know, some great nutrients. Um, and and we, we spend all our money to get us to the finish line. And then when we get to the finish line, we 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 tend to that's that's where the buck stops. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, just hang it and it'll be fine. You know, and uh, yeah, it'll be fine if you don't mind your weed smelling like grass. Yeah, it'll be fine. You know, take the chance. Um, if you want to, you know, ruin, you know, three months of work or four months of work, or if you're growing photos, you know, maybe six months of work, you know, in a couple of days, be my guest. But uh, you know, this, it just takes all the guesswork out of it. And um, it, it's put me in a position where, you know, I, I grow perpetually, so I can harvest every two weeks. And that gives me, that gives me enough time to uh, to do my dry process. It actually it gives me more than enough time. So you know, really, I only need you know eight or nine days to go through my whole dry process. So I mean, technically, I could probably harvest you know every every you know nine or ten days if I wanted to, uh, or if I was able to. But um, so it, it it's it's increased the speed that I'm able to grow at. Uh, it's um, and 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 I just I just know that. The product is is going to be taken care of. So, you know, the uh, it's it, it is expensive, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, the price has been forgotten because I have a great place to keep my weed, and I'm not storing. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not stressing out about oh man, it's really hot, and did I burp my 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 ball my my mason jars? Did I do this? You know, all that stress is gone. I don't even think about it anymore. You know, it just it's just now I just have product that's good. So. Right on, man. Well, I uh, I hope to get one here in the future. I'm uh, I'm saving up to get me a, a set of them as well. I did, uh, however, find something that's kind of working in the meantime, or it's working for me so far. Uh, easier than jars, uh, right? 
They're the sea vaults. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yeah, those are great. Um, I have a couple of those. Um, and uh, back before I was able to grow and I was going to my local dis- uh, medical dispensaries, you know, I would put all my product in a sea vault and that was great. Um, it was a, it was a, a fantastic solution. Um, you know, they, they, they really are great. And I've got a big, like, I don't know, it's like a gallon size one. I mean, it's gigantic. And now I've repurposed that and I just keep all my seeds in it. So, you know, now, yeah. So now they're, my seeds are in a dark place. You know, there's, you know, ideally, you know, ideally the moisture should be relatively okay. Um, So it it, it makes for a, a good place to store your seeds too. That's true. So. Well, uh, my pro tip for seed storage, and this is this is just me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to say this. Everyone's going to hear it, and we'll see a bunch of pictures on Instagram later. But uh, I use one of the Pelican cases from Harbor Freight. They're really? actually cheap. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to, you could get a name brand one, but I just got one from Harbor Freight. It's cheap. It's waterproof. It's airtight. It's dark. It's padded. Uh, you can cut out the little pieces of foam to fit boxes of seeds or vials of seeds however you like to store them i mean it's shock proof you can put a lock on it yeah uh all kinds of good stuff so that's yeah that's, that's a great idea now i was just at harbor for uh, uh, about two weeks ago and i saw the uh pelican cases i'm like wow i didn't know they sold these yeah they're like but, uh, one, yeah. i think 20 bucks for the like suitcase version and that's what i got and it holds umpteen thousand seeds <laughs> yeah that's 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 great. That's great. You know, and just to, to steer it back to the Canatrol real quick, I know that that's a really expensive product and that's not necessarily something that is in everybody's price range. And I, and I totally get that. And there are other products on the market, which, you know, while they're not a Canatrol, they can get you to the same place. So, um, you know, there is the, uh, the, the My Herbs Now, um, which is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it looks like a uh, food dehydrator. But uh, apparently, you know, it's it, you know, the the guy who designed it, his name's Scott, and uh, he kind of you know ripped one apart and kind of repurposed it and 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 was able to re-engineer it to to dry cannabis. And I think I think that will dry your product in uh, in, in in three or four days. Uh, it's 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 best to keep that device in a in a in a climate controlled room. Uh, because if it's too hot or too humid, then it then it kind of messes things uh, up a little bit. But uh, from from what I've heard, but you know, if you can keep that in in a, in a fairly stable room, that that can get you to the finish line too. Uh, and then you're not necessarily hanging your product. I haven't used one, so I I'm you know so I, I I'm not speaking out of experience. But I know a lot of people you know have purchased them and and whatnot. So I mean that's that's another option. I think those are. I, th- I think those are like, you know, two, three hundred dollars. So, I think Mike actually has one. Yeah, he's he's talked about it a little bit, I think. Um uh, yeah, he says it works good. Just a couple yeah. of days. I think he just puts like trimmed bud on it and a couple of days he can pull it apart and it's got uh cured weed like pretty much ready to just go in a bag. So Yeah. So I mean, you know, so I mean there are other there are other things on the market too. So it's not like it's you know Kenatrol or nothing, but uh right. well you know, going going back to everyone kind of being weed smokers, and uh, 
part of the stigma is weed smokers are MacGyvers, right? You know, back in the day, right. especially in high school, we could make a bong out of basically anything. <laughs> so uh, I imagine there's probably some cats out there that are probably just going to build their own type of system. Right, right. You know, and, and, and prior to that, I was using, um, before I got my Kenatrol, I was using a, a product called Dry Tense, which uh, is kind of like a, it's like a carousel that spins around so it's you know it's kind of like oh, yeah, one yeah. of those things you hook up a disco ball to that makes it spin around right. um and you can put that in a tent and that'll kind of keep your 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 buds you you uh, you, you pin them up like you're hanging laundry and that'll keep your uh, buds going around in a circle on a carousel and then there's always air movement so it kind of helps give you an even dry um obviously you still want to try to keep your your environmental conditions you know at that kind of 60 60 if possible uh, or yeah. as close as you can get to that, but but that was a nice option and that really worked. Um, but that's uh, those things aren't cheap. I think that I think that cost me like two hundred bucks a couple years ago, or maybe one hundred and fifty bucks or two hundred bucks. And then um, I was looking at them. I think I saw an ad on on uh, Instagram, and they're like, "Get ready for a croptober." And I was like, "Oh, let's see what they're what they're selling for." And I think they're selling for three hundred bucks now, which uh, which is which is pretty pricey, and you can make one yourself for significantly less money. So, which I did. So, um, one dry tent carousel wasn't enough for a plant. Um, so I have two of them in in a dry tent, and I went and I got a uh, the motor. And the motor you want to get, it's got to be one that goes slow. I think it goes five. Uh, uh, five times around a minute or five to 15 times around a minute uh, rotations. Uh, the ones that you find on Amazon, they go too fast. They go like 30 times a minute and you, you'll turn it on and you'll see all your buds, all the stems are going to start like start, <laughs> start flying up. <laughs> so you don't want them to go that fast. But uh, so the, 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 the drive unit that I got, I think I got it from uh, J and R music world. Um, and and that was the right speed. So I got that, and then I got the um, I got the um, uh, uh, carousel part, the 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 laundry part with the clips. I got those on Amazon, just round ones. And uh, I think I got uh, two packs of two, so I've got four stacked on top of each other. And I think those were like uh, ten bucks each. So I think for probably the motor and the two things, I think I. I think out the door, I think it, I probably got all the equipment for like 50 bucks, maybe $60. So if you want to save yourself a couple hundred bucks, you can make one yourself. Um, yeah. So, uh, so there bad. certainly are other options for, for drying. So. Well, me and myself, I'm still old school. I'm hang drying. Um, I've, I've got a four by four. I'll chop it down and I'll cut them up into pieces and hang it along, try to space them nice and evenly. And, uh, I've got, uh, I have a little humidity monitor in each tent. Um, I think it's called okay. Govy. I think that's the name brand. Yeah. Govy anyway, or Grovy or. Yeah. And yeah. It, it gives, it gives me all the charts and everything, the humidity. I think it even does dew point and so forth. And yeah, I'll usually try to watch that. And then I have all my, my, my lights and the exhaust fans or everything are hooked up to smart controllers so I can control everything, you know, from remotely yeah. if i need to yeah 
GrowPro Solutions is a leading lighting manufacturer based in California, offering a range of quality cultivation equipment for the commercial grower all the way down to the home gardener. With their vertical and static grow systems, along with their HM Series lighting, allows you to harness the power of the sun in your grow room or tent. Visit GoPro Solutions at WeGrowPros.com. Are you uh, rocking the uh, uh, the controller sixty nine? I am for that, not. Or are you using? Nope, I have everything uh, actually with uh, Apple Home. Believe it or not. Okay. My okay. entire, all, all my grow setups are actually run on Apple home. So, uh, whenever that little govy thing sends a little alarm and buzzes my phone and says that the relative humidity is too high or, uh, the, the temperatures changed, uh, beyond the, uh, forget what the, the range that I set the it at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can flip it open just like right on my little home screen of my iPhone and turn on whatever I need to turn on and turn off whatever. That's I tried right, to yeah. make it simple. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. don't be fooled. It has uh, buzzed in the middle of the night saying that the temperature's changed and I need to do something about it. So, right. Right. And that's, that's, that's sometimes a, a now, buzzkill, especially to wake you up. <laughs> that's for, that's for, that's for real, man. Uh, so circling back to this Canatrol thing, there was something that I heard and, and, uh, you know, you could correct me if I'm wrong on all this. I'm, I may just be totally mistaken, but it seems like I've seen a salesman or the owner or something like that to do with Canatrol. He made this video and he was saying that, you know, rule of thumb that everyone always goes by is 60 and 60 for the, the dry and cure. Um, he said, right. but they've actually found that it's warmer than that. It's actually a little closer into the seventies and a slightly different humidity, um, which, which is something easier, e more easily obtained by using a Canatrol. Um, that's why most people that hang dry just kind of try to stick with 60 and 60 because it right. just works easier. Do you know anything about right. that? I, a little bit. So, um, so their temperature that they stick to generally is 68 degrees Fahrenheit is, is their factory uh, preset. And, uh, and, and again, you know, it, it, it just comes down to what they're, they're using physics. Um, and when we're kind of hang drying, we're kind of saying, okay, we're trying to get as close to 60 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, 60 degrees humidity. And one of the reasons why they do that is most air conditioners only go down to 60 degrees. That's as low as you can get them. So I think that's probably one of the reasons people are like, just set the air conditioner for as low as it can go, you know, and set the humidity for, you know, 60 degree, you know, uh, uh, relative humidity at 60, and then we'll let the two units just battle each other. And, and that's fine uh, to do, and, and you can get a good cure that way, but you do run the risk of over drying because, eventually once you've lost that active water and you're at that point you know if there's when when that humidifier or dehumidifier is running then it's just sucking any extra moisture out of that plant material um and that's when you start to get to overdry now i grow for personal use and for me it doesn't necessarily matter but if i was a commercial grower um then that would really matter because I certainly remember the days of going to my dispensary and everything was bone dry. And, uh, and, and that's that bone dry material that I buy for my dispo. That's just like dollars, just like 
you might as well burn dollar bills as far as the production company goes because they've overdried their material. And when you use a canatrol, and there are facilities that do use canatrols, now they don't use the uh, cool cure box that I have in my house. They actually make ones that are like walk-in fridges. And, uh, and, and then when they sell their product, their product is actually worth more because there's more weight to it because there's more there's more moisture in it because they're able to say, okay, we're at that 0.65 uh, active water and we don't need to go any further. We'll keep it there, which is going to add a little more weight to the product, which means at the end of the year, they're going to make a couple of extra dollars because they're selling more product because it's got more weight to it. You know, they're selling the same amount of product, but they're selling it uh, a, a greater weight of it because it, you know, it's just got a little more water in it. Um, Right. That's not going to hurt anything. It, it was gone. So, it was dried to the correct. Right. Correct. Yes. Correct point. So, uh, so that that's something that that's that's you know that that that's something that that does play into the into the Kenetrol. So, um, just just something to think about. So, at the end of the day, if you weigh your product, you know, uh, you might actually say, oh, it seems like I've got a little bit more this time than my last grow. If you didn't have the Kenetrol in the last one, even if you did the same strain. Um, and it seemed like it was the same volume because it's 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 going to have just a little bit more moisture in it, uh, but that l extra little bit isn't going to hurt anything. And uh, just to for anyone that that uh, just a, a tool to help you visualize. Um, so you know when you go if you go to the supermarket and you buy like a brand new sponge and it you open it up and it feels moist uh, as soon as you take it out of that plastic bag that it comes in. Right. Um, right. And if you, but it feels moist. And if you squeeze it, I mean, you could squeeze it as hard as you want. You could stick it in a vise and you can squeeze the heck out of it. You're not going to see a drop of water come out of that sponge, right? And that sponge is at a point where the active water is at a threshold, like that 0.65, uh, where it's got enough moisture in it to support the cell material, the cell walls of, you know, the material that makes the makes the sponge. Um, but no more. And if I dip that that uh, sponge in water and then I squeeze it, well, all that water is going to come out. And that's basically, you know, that's that's the water that's not active. So that's just excess water. So um, so you want your material to be more like that kind of spongy, like a fresh. You want your material to come out feeling like a fresh sponge, not like a not like a wet one where if you squeeze it, water is going to come out. And that's what that Canatrol does for you. So it gives you that perfect, perfect product every time. Right. Well, that also comes in uh, to uh, it's a big factor whenever pressing rosin as well. So getting getting that active water out of there so that whenever you you're pressing your rosin, you get a, a smooth uh, substance out of it. That is, you know, you 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 just want to pull just those fats and lipids and uh, your THCs or your CBD, your cannabinoids, you, that's what you're really trying to pull out of there. And right. my understanding is that with rosin, um, when you have a higher level of water activity like that, uh, that actually allows more of things like chlorophyll and uh, you know uh, other things to come out whenever you're you're doing your press that you really okay. don't want in your rosin. So, okay. And then and then likewise, if you you know if you overdry your material and you press it. You know, then you're going to need to use like a different micron size bag. Um, so I think if you're 
you know, like if you're using a, a really fresh product, you can get away with like a 160, you know, maybe a 120. But if it's on the drier side, you're probably going to want to stick to like a 90 or maybe something a little bit lower than that. Yeah. Um, yep. So, and I, I think that's to prevent, you know, extra plant material from getting into your rosin. That's it. That's it. Well, and you, you know, I mean, you have to, I don't know, in my experience, I, I would say you'd have to really, really dry out some stuff to really warrant going quite that, that low. Um, I think you can right. really hang around at like 90 and 120. Uh, okay. I think, I think going lower than 90 is, uh, that that's like that old school weed where you'd get it and when you throw it in your grinder, it just turns to dust. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I don't have uh, the I, pressing experience to, to 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 be too much on that, but yeah, on the I, minimal amount of research I've done. So I imagine though that there probably are some people that have made some you know, they made some mistakes and they're drying and they probably have come out with some pretty dry stuff, you know. Even something as simple as forgetting, you know, that you had a, a fan on when they were they were hang drying and it just blew on right. them the whole time and dried them completely out. So yeah, it right. could be. At that point, I might just dry sift it and press some hash rosin, though. Right, right. You know, you know. So at the end of the day, you know, it's like if 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 you want to if you want to get around that learning curve, just get a Kenetrol. You know, and, and learning curve is gone. You know, and, and if you want to and if you want to, you know, figure out the learning curve, you know, go the old school way. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there, there's there's nothing wrong with it. And there are different strokes for different folks, but. Uh, but for me, you know, it just, you know, that, that makes it easier for me. So. Well, that's really cool. Well, I, I know that thing is helping you produce some fantastic medicine and it's going to, uh, it's already making some great starter material for pressing rosin. And, uh, my understanding is you've got a rosin press that'll be on the way soon. And so maybe, uh, maybe this next update after you've gotten a chance to play with it and do some rosin pressing, we'll get on here and do another yeah. update and talk about how am, fun that was <laughs> i am really really ex excited to talk about that because uh right now i've got a friend of mine who is gracious enough to loan me his press and you know uh i guess what i've learned with his press is pressing isn't necessarily hard but it's not easy to get a good product right you know there's a there, pretty steep learning curve there's actually a little bit of math involved you have to you do have to do a little bit of calculating as far as like your pressure um, to, you know, each square inch. So, right. And and the right. amount of product you put in versus how much that you'll get out and your displacement plus your tonnage to press the certain amount. Yeah, there's a whole, whole mathematical equation to it. And even the different ways you pack your bag. Some people will do the little pre-pressed squares and then press it that way. Some people uh, just bag it up bottle tech style, like in a cylinder style. Right. And that all plays a, a role in how it'll come out. Yeah. And I, I was doing the uh, bottle tech style and I've tried using uh, a cylinder press and I've also just tried packing it by hand too. And mm -hmm. With the press that I'm using, what I have found, and 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 I don't know, you know, how much of this is 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 just technique, uh, but what I found was when I was pressing, um, and I was using a uh, a dab press, uh, like a 12 ton dab press, and uh, well, first off, you don't need to press if you've got a 12 ton press. That doesn't mean you need to press it to 12 tons. 
right? Let's that's 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 you don't need to do that. So right. you probably want like you know six hundred to maybe a, a a ton of pressure, you know, but 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 you don't need more than that. Um, from what I but you know, and 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 if I'm speaking out of school, correct me because I might be wrong on that, but. Uh, but but that was one thing because when I was putting too much pressure, I was getting blowout after blowout after blowout. I was getting really frustrated. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the idea is is, is that uh, you know whenever you get one of these presses that has a lot more tonnage to it, so you right. know a beginner a beginner's press or just a small press just for personal use. Um, on the lower end, you'll you'll find one that's like you know two tons or four tons, something like that, and that's all you'll really need. Um, whenever you start getting into those higher uh, tonnage presses that's allowing you to actually press more material at a time so mm. right now when that's I where that math comes in <laughs> okay okay that's cool um i found i was getting better results when i was uh pressing an eighth at a time but when i uh-huh. tried doing uh a quarter at a time like uh, seven grams it just seemed like i wasn't getting the same yield I was getting. It seemed like my yield was going down, and yeah. it also seemed like I was getting more blowouts. So, and and that's a lot of that's probably technique. And I, you know, I'm a novice at this, so, um, so I'm sure if I continue, you know, using that press, you know, my skill will get better, and I'll start to learn. Okay, this is what what it, what I need to do and whatnot. But I was talking to uh, a breeder friend of mine, and he had mentioned to me, you know, he said. Said it took him about two years to really dial in his his pressing, um, and uh, I don't know how frequently he would press or whatnot, but uh, I, but that's uh, you know, I would say that's that's pretty accurate. I think that's about how long it took me to kind of get a hang for it, you know, where I don't have to measure anything or really worry about too much pressure. It took it took about yeah about two years to really get a feel, like a real feel right. for how to how to do it. Right, right. So, uh, so there is a little bit of a learning curve. So again, you know, it's it, it, it's it's not hard. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do it, but it doesn't mean that it makes it easy. And if you want a good product, you know, there's certainly some skill and experience that that'll go a long way. So, yeah. so um, let me ask you this: We're using the same size bags uh, to press an eighth versus a quarter. I was so. Um, so that's yeah, part of the I math was... I was talking about, right? So I okay. use uh, Nug Smasher bags, and I generally use their little uh, 3.5 gram bag, their little eighth bag. And if, right. if they say you can put up to a quarter in it. It does. They do tell you that, and that's that's all well and dandy. But what I found is is just like you said. If I put a quarter in it, I get less than I would if I would have used two bags and just put 3.5 in one and 3.5 in the other. Now, right. what I'm believing is happening here is that it's actually the size of the bag, the cut of the bag, if you will. If these bags were actually a little bit bigger in diameter and we put the full seven grams in it versus uh, stacking it and it, it's it's staying the same diameter, but it's now becoming a longer cylinder, uh, right. that's, that's actually causing a little less pressure per square inch so you're not getting your full press out of it like you would at only 3.5 grams right right and they're the nug smasher bags uh what i've discovered is that the bags are different diameters so the 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 eighth size bag is a little narrower than the quarter size bag 
and right. uh, and then the 14 gram bag is even wider than that. And uh, so so I mean they're yeah they're they're bags. I haven't I haven't experienced them yet, but I've I've seen that there's a size difference, and that that's kind of really started getting me thinking. Um, I, the the uh, press that I purchased was a Nug Smasher, Smasher, so I started really kind of taking a deep dive and trying to yeah. research their company as much as I could and their products and whatnot to finally come to a decision on the on the model that I got. But um, and that's part yeah, of what so they, they tell you is, is they they try to do some of that math for you, right? So, like I do. said, they're they're three and a half gram bags. They say are for three and a half grams, but they will fit a quarter. And then they have the quarter bags, the seven gram bags, and those will fit up to fourteen grams. Right. So that, and, that's and and that's where I think uh, you know if if you know that you're going to be pressing quarters a lot more than eighths, you should definitely just go ahead and bump up and get those quarter bags. Don't try to fit a quarter in a eighth bag. Right, you'll get, right, you'll right. get a better return if you use the correct size bag. For sure. And I realize part of my reasoning for while I while why I was not succeeding was because I was being a cheapskate. And I'm thinking, well, if I could stick, you know, a quarter in this bag and still use one bag, well, that's, you know, I'm I'm making everything less expensive. But at the end of the day, yeah, I was spending less in bags, but I was wasting a ton of money. Well, not that I, I grow my products, so it's not costing me anything, but but I'm wasting a ton of product. Um yeah. so uh so I mean at the at the end of the day I wasn't really being cheap. I was I was <laughs> I uh, because I wasn't saving any material. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's so, it's easy to do, man. It's easy to do. Right. I mean, I I've, I've had uh, I've had some questions come around, like uh, you know, can can you take the weed back out of the bag and smoke it? <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and 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 that's that's the thing. You know, sometimes it's tough, especially you know, like some of those bags. You know, I think they can be like you know a buck a bag or something like that. They can, oh, okay, well, I'll get twice as much in it. You know, and and, and and I'll save myself fifty cents. Wrong, you know. Uh, yeah. Just just you know, you know, see what the bag says, and if it says you know good for an eighth, just do an eighth in it. Uh, you're gonna it. have a better return. Don't be cheap. So. Yep. Yep. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state of the art hydroponic systems. The Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. And, and, on the other hand, too, you know, whenever someone really first gets into this and they're like, well, I, you know, I got to learn how to do it to really to, to start getting some good stuff. I got to practice at it and to practice at it means I got to squish my weed and I also have to buy these bags to even squish it in. And I got to do this, do that, you know, and it, it can be kind of daunting, but it's really not. It's really simple. And if you are a rosin smoker, if you're a dabber, if that's the main thing that you consume or even a secondary thing you consume either way. Uh, just think about how much money it could save you. What does it cost yeah. to grow per gram as a home grower? What you know, fifty cent a gram? Let's just say, yeah. for, for sake of argument, a dollar a gram. Um, so you got seven dollars and a quarter. Uh, 
what's a bag called? You said about a dollar. So there's $8. So you're $8 in to press in your own rosin where you can go to the dispensary and you can buy that same gram of rosin for $60. Right. Uh, right. Or on the West right. coast anyway. So, right. So how, how, when you're, when you're thinking about being cheap, you know, how cheap do you want to be? Because you know what, you're already saving, you know, what, what is that? $52. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so, so yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, the Nug Smasher, the, man, their customer service so far has been absolutely awesome. Like I don't have the product in my hand yet, but I will tell you that they were super awesome and definitely worked with me. Um, there were a couple snags in the process, but they like, you know, you know, they, they did everything they could to, to make everything go as smoothly as possible. And, uh, you know, their, their company, their, their, their factory is in Arizona and that's, that's like their corporate headquarters too. So if you call in for support, you know, you're calling in Arizona, that phone's going to be answered in that facility, uh, the same facility they make the equipment in, you're buying American, you're supporting American jobs. Um, and they build quality products and, you know, they've got an amazing upgrade program. So, you know, maybe you say, okay, well, you know what, I, uh, I'm just getting into this and maybe you want to start off with like a, a Nug Smasher Mini. And I think that's on sale right now for like $3.99. I don't know how much longer because I think the 710 sale is almost over. But, um, uh, but then when you decide to upgrade, I believe they said that they'll give you 80% of the current value or the current sale price of that item towards your new purchase so if you buy let's say you i think the 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 let's let's say the the mini goes for four hundred dollars at the time that you 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 decide to upgrade well eighty percent of that is what it's 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 uh three hundred and twenty dollars i think is going to be put towards your next purchase for your upgrade yep you know so but that's that's a pretty big help um and uh, i know you know, if anyone out there is looking for, you know, a promo code or anything like that, I know uh, you can hook them up with a promo code. So uh, definitely okay. take advantage of that and get KJ up uh, with that. And uh, uh, it'll uh, help you out and it'll help KJ out a little bit too. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, they, they, they really, you know, they work hard at trying to, you know, help the people that help them become, you know, the company that they are. So. Yep. I have nothing but good stuff to say about Nug Smasher, man. Um, you know, the, the Autoflower Review, we do have a, I guess, technically a, a rosin press sponsor, uh, Rosineer, and, and they're great. They make some really cool stuff, uh, especially if you're looking for something more in the budget side of things. They're fantastic. And I think they even make some commercial size stuff as well if you need something that way. Uh, Rosineer makes stuff there as well. But, man, Nug right. Smasher has just been, they've been fantastic to me. I did my due diligence several years ago um, in researching how I wanted to do this rosin pressing thing, and I landed on Nug Smasher, and I, I just can't look back. I mean, they yeah. when we when we say American made and it's quality made, it really is. Like these guys, I, I believe before they were a rosin press making manufacturer, I think they were into uh, just machining metal. So okay. Uh, like my mini, for instance, it is literally like CNC milled pieces of steel that have been welded together into a box formation and put together. So it's really simplistic for me to press rosin. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I don't have to worry about that thing. Obviously, you try not to drop it because it'll likely break your foot, but <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, have to yeah. worry about the press itself. So, right. And uh, they've got, 
a lot of good, really cool videos on YouTube too. So uh, they really help teach you how to use their products. Um, you know, great tutorial videos. They had a video that they actually kind of showed their 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 warehouse facility, which was an old Kmart building um, that they took the whole building over. Um, really impressive. Uh, oh, really yeah, good operation. Kmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so definitely uh, cool products and. You know, if you got if 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 it's in the budget, you know, some of the other higher end models, you know, they have an app that you can use and you know, either the machine will do pretty much all the work for you, or it'll kind of like uh it'll you can use the app to kind of tell you how much pressure to apply and when you're applying too much or too little. So uh so they really have developed some tools just to try to help, you know, uh increase that uh, uh that learning curve. Right. Or, you know, if you get the Nug Smasher IQ, you pretty much it's 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 eliminated well that's really cool man i uh yeah. i really i really like nug smasher they're uh probably one of my my favorite of the rosin pressing companies i just i, I love my nug smasher myself so um i guess whenever you get yours in you, you try it out a bit um here in you know a few episodes or so we'll have you come back for a update and you can tell us all about it and tips and tricks you found with it and the more experience Perfect. you have with it. Of course, if any of our listeners have any questions about it or need a referral code or what have you, you know, you can always hit me up, hit us up in the discord, ask questions about pressing rosin. Even if you already have one and you need help with it, we'll help you. So definitely hit us. Yeah, up. And, but... and you were a big help for me too. So, uh, yeah. yeah so uh, that's what it's about, yeah. man. That's what it's about. Yeah. But, um, and one well, of the great things about the auto, flower uh review network or, 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 or group community is is that we help each other you know we're, we're a great great little community so if you're not you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to find a place of cool cats to hang out with man join us because uh you know we're a lot of growers that are looking to help each other so that's it come in and ask some questions man you might get featured on the podcast i mean we had our uh our buddy from the uk there he had some issues with his drying curing process and that's what sparked uh some of today's conversation so but uh i want to thank you for coming on man uh, i appreciate you joining us again and uh i can't wait to have you come back on let's uh let's take right. a dab of some fresh rosin and, and and talk talk pressing next time fair enough fair enough can't wait to do it again with you kj Thanks all right all right man well that's gonna do it for this episode of the smoking section so if you guys aren't already be sure to go follow the autoflower review uh that was master yoda 207 on instagram i'm the underscore kj underscore grows on instagram uh, jump over to our discord we've got all kinds of info over there pictures over there you can ask us questions interact we've got a poker night and putt putt golf night uh all hosted there on our discord uh, that'll be coming up here soon we'll release some more information on that coming up so um, of course get over there and check out our reviews and uh, show us your grow um, a link for that's all on our website theautoflowerreview.com as well as on our instagram don't forget to like add us to your favorites on spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts as always guys grow for good Peace.